coach and a therapist walked out of a bar looking to stir up some trouble. Even though life in the bar was fun, they thought life outside the bar would be even better. Together they created some sober nonsense. Hello, hello, it's Teresa, and welcome to our fifth episode of Sober Nonsense. I am happy to introduce Melissa, which you should already know very well. And today she's going to lead the topic around how and why to be a perpetual student, and I concur. So without any further ado, let's get started. Melissa, tell us what you know. What do I today, Teresa, before we jump in, what's going oh, on with you? You know, getting busy for the holidays. I shared a picture of uh, some sugar cookies I made for my sweetie last night. I tried to make him uh, baked goods for his lunch. Just something I never did my entire life. And then all of a sudden, over the years, it's just picked up. And um, I took a picture of it with one of my favorite Christmas ornaments, which is a sparkly elephant. <laughs> I love it. Oh, God. You're going to send me some of those Christmas here. cookies. Oh, Sounds my God. delicious. Already, right? And it's not even December. Oh, honey, I've just gotten started. <laughs> Anyways, so how are you doing? Good. I am doing well. I'm kind of getting off that Thanksgiving uh, long, long weekend. Doing well. I'm proud of myself. I set up the intention of not drinking during Thanksgiving weekend to see how it went. And I did it. Well, uh, how did it go? Um, well, and talk about being a student, right? So just being an observer about, you know, it mm. went well, it went well in some ways. And then in other, I mean, it went well in some ways, um, you know, it was good to obviously get to bed early and um, just have that intention and, and socialize with family. But I noticed, of course, I was really tired and just kind of, uh, emotionally kind of fried at the end of the weekend. Nothing bad had happened, but it was just navigating so much socialization and, you know, gatherings mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So, yeah, but I'm doing well. I'm doing well and I'm glad to be here today. Great. Well, I can't wait to have this conversation with you and I can't wait for others to listen in and, and learn is... and maybe pique some interest or, or, or spark some new ideas from that's what I always love about our conversations is because they always take us in another direction it's that we amazing. hadn't thought of well yeah I've got so much to say about this and and I haven't written anything down so this is just all kind of coming coming through me but um just uh, I love being a student and so uh, what does that even mean like I don't know when we talk about student what does that mean to you mm, being a student is always somebody who's willing to learn, who is has the intention to learn, and uh, and you know I'm a big fan of not being done. Or you know we're constantly developing and, and pulling in information and not discarding anything, but maybe filing it in the I don't need it right now. So to, a student is a, a perpetual learner. A learner, I love it. And when I think of a student, um. I really, what comes to mind too are teachers mm. for me. And so on my drive this morning to take my son to school, I was 
thinking about who are my teachers. And this is a, a theme that I've had the past at least several years as I've been practicing more mindfulness and really seeking out um, individuals or concepts that just jive with my heart space. And so mm. for me, it's really like um, sitting down and looking at your life and who are the teachers in my world? And it's okay if you don't know, but the more open I become to this concept, I, um, you know, for me, I know my teachers are, it's a variety and often it's, it's kind of mundane. So it might be my favorite yoga instructor, you to reach, to mm. one of my teachers in life. Right? Even though we haven't known each other that long. And we never set up a formal agreement of you are the guru, I am the student. Oh, no. So no. for me, it's not about that. It's just it's like whose wisdom is really impacting my heart space and makes the most sense for me now. Right. And I think that's important to understand is that there is no guru here. We're, I learn constantly from my clients and from you and from somebody at the grocery store of how I could have been a little kinder. I could have taken a moment to pause and, and, and shared another, you know, few minutes with somebody because I recognized that they were lonely when I left. To me, that's, that's learning. That's, that's discovering who we are and, and picking up on the little nuances. Mm-hmm. That we don't I normally agree. do. And when I sit back, I it, it really um some of my teachers could be authors, my favorite authors. Um, I seek out, you know, whether I listen to a podcast or I'm following somebody, you know, it could be even somebody that I just listen to regularly as a podcaster. Uh right now, one of my big teachers, uh, she's an astrologist, but really more. Um, talking about the concept of how to harmonize with the frequency of love in all that we do and bridging polarities. So while on the surface, she might be an astrologist, she really is uh, just a messenger of love. And so I tune into her uh, on a new moon and full moon to get guidance. And it really resonates with, um, with what I'm looking for. It helps me make meaning of my experience in my world. You'll have to share her link for anybody who might be interested okay. in if that's resonating with you. I've, I've I've personally tried listening to a few astrologers and it just, you know, it didn't I think right. I think that's the beautiful part about us and, and sober nonsense is that we don't agree on everything and that's perfectly fine. And I think we complement each other so perfectly in that yeah. way. Um but definitely, I'm sure there are people that are that are listening that would like to I know more. I'm happy to share it. Um, for me, it's revolutionary. It's mind-blowing. And yet it is soothing to my soul and my heart space. It's almost as if these messages are coming and they make so much meaning for me. Um, and what I notice about my teachers, Teresa, is that um, often they're... I don't want to say temporary, but I'll learn from them. And instead of subscribing to a certain tenant or belief or concept for a long period of time, I I tend to outgrow. I tend to outgrow them. So I can even think of my favorite band in the universe. I was a groupie. Like I would go travel all around the world to see them for a good six years or so. And then recently, and for the listener, it's my morning jacket listen to them, but they're really good live. And I would have these amazing, like spiritual, I call them spiritual downloads of wisdom that would happen listening to the music. And, and, and then it, you know, it's not as if I didn't like them anymore. It's just like that stopped. 
it stopped. And while I still love them, it's almost like it, you know, I've moved on to something else. So there's a sense for me of, I've noticed this pattern of outgrowing them. So grateful for the experience, but then it's on to something new. That's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. I think that we get stuck in this idea that this is who we are. So this is who we always have to be. This is what we've always thought. So this is what we have to think forever. And I think uh, giving giving yourself permission to, well, maybe I don't believe that anymore. Maybe I don't think that way anymore. I just shared a post today about how I resisted being creative most of my life because I really thought of myself as a very linear thinker, very corporate, very straight lined, and I am a very direct communicator. But when I took my first creative writing uh, course, I resisted being able to be creative. Yeah. Why was that? It was just a story that you told yourself. I'm not, it a, didn't I'm not a creative. It fit my narrative. It didn't yeah. fit how I saw myself. I didn't see myself as a creative. And I remember my teacher uh, te- telling me that um, you're not creative yet. Mm-hmm. And so I wouldn't, I would not use a create, I wouldn't use creative as the first descriptive word about me, but I definitely am creative now. Of course you are. I love that. So we do change. We do, we evolve is what we do if we are willing to. And I I really, I wonder if it's more difficult slash impossible to be a student if we're not open to change. Because if we show up in the, the classroom of life and we have fixed beliefs, where does that leave us? I know everything on this subject. These are my beliefs. And if you come with something different, uh, there's no room for you. Such a small world. I mean, there's really no, there's, there's no room for growth. There's no room for expansion. If that's, if that's it. It feels suffocating to me. And I can mm-hmm. see, you know, as a, as a personally, but then also as a therapist, right? I can see, or even personally, loved ones, clients coming in with really rigid beliefs, ideas, ideals. And it is suffocating because I, I do believe our heart space and our spirits want, want this ability to expand and grow and continue to learn lessons in life. And yet when we tell ourselves, this is how it is, and this is how it'll always be, uh, what room is there? to explore and, and, and play and learn. So what is a, what's a tip for somebody who is stuck in, in a belief system that's not serving them? Like, here's a perfect one. I will, I can never stop drinking or life will never be fun without alcohol. How, what would, as, as approaching it, not as the alcohol is the problem, but the belief as the problem, what would you do? And I would even boil it down to that thought is a problem. So in counseling, we'll call that a cognitive distortion. I can't live without alcohol. Well, that's a distorted thought. And so just like we have physical habits, we get up, we brush our teeth, we go to work, our thinking is habitual too. Mm -hmm. So if we continue to think that thought, it becomes easier to think, but to really sit down and and challenge and, and look at that thought. So I can't stop drinking. It's simply a thought. It's right. just a thought. And so to um, to challenge it and get tools and and a tool might be the biggest tool, right? If we're stuck in some limited thinking is get help. So I really want to reframe, um, get a guide, get a teacher. There are so many people that are stuck in their beliefs and they're telling themselves that a therapist or coach or 
a mentor won't help me. I am not open to getting support. Well, good luck, buddy. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to sit in this pile of shit all by myself and I'm not going to ask for help. Ask for goddamn help. It is, we're not meant to go on this path alone. We are not. So number one, ask for support. Be humbled. Put your tail between your legs and ask for help, whatever that means for you. And you don't have to, I want you to, I want, I'm going to throw this invitation out there. You don't have to get help around alcohol. You can get help around belief systems. So biology, biology of belief, I think is Bruce Lipton. Read that book and it will, it will show you scientifically how what we think creates our reality and that we can, it's epigenetics. You mentioned that, I think in our first our first, our first episode, but it really breaks it down for you. If you are somebody that needs proof, needs evidence, needs science to back whatever you follow. And, and I just shared a little insight about who I am. I kind of like, like my Lanier, but I'm learning to vein out. <laughs> <laughs> um, read the book and learn how our thoughts create things. Well, it's interesting. Our thoughts can create feelings and every feeling is related to, again, uh, forgive me, listener, I am not a, a scientist or neuroscientist. Every thought creates a neurotransmitter. So that is a, a biological, or I'm sorry, every feeling creates a neurotransmitter. So thought can create a feeling. The feeling is a neurotransmitter. So it's based in biology. Mm -hmm. um, getting back to it, ask for a guide. This guide can be a, a spiritual mentor, a pastor. It could be a friend. It can be a therapist. It can be a coach. I don't care who it is. Ask for help. We are mm. not meant to go through this alone. So number one principle is talk about whatever is going on. Open up to who's around you. So one of my um, experiences is I can't tell you how many coaches I've probably in the past Eight years, I've probably had six life coaches, uh, one therapist, two psychic guides, right? A couple <laughs> astrologers working with me. I reach out and ask for support a lot. Now, it doesn't mean I also don't struggle. There are times I resist support. Um, and that's a pattern I think we all go through. But I can't imagine my world if I haven't. I mean, look, if I didn't reach out to you, Teresa. I know we would be, be creating here. this. Right? <laughs> I don't know. And it's maybe it's not that I went to find my path, but I certainly would have been sitting in my own mental, emotional shit a lot longer. Right. It is important that we do reach out and we ask for help, but and help doesn't have to look like what everybody else's help looks like. That's, Thank I you. just want to be clear on that. Everybody's following one path. That doesn't mean if it doesn't resonate with you, then find what, what does. And that means be willing to make mistakes. If something doesn't feel right, then change. You don't have to commit 100% to a path just because you made that decision. If it's not feeling right, if you're not getting the nourishment or the, the experience out of it that you want, then shift. Find something this. else. And in my experience, I pick and choose. I take the most meaningful interactions or tools I learned from each coach each therapist, each guide, and I kind of weave it into my own experience. And if there's something about their belief system or tools that don't make sense for them, I just leave them. That's so good. That's really, really good. Because I wouldn't be the person I am today without 
without my experience with Alcoholics Anonymous, without my experience with rehab, without my experience with the million books that I've read and the, the dozens of coaches that I've worked with and the, the experiences I've had with my mental health professionals, it's, it's all, we're all students. We are all students, and we're even continuing. the experts, right? Or not the experts, even the therapists, even yeah, the coaches, not even the gurus. We're all students ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Yes, 100% we're students. And I think to go into any habit you're wanting to change or any challenge that you're facing is to be willing to be open and consider possibilities that maybe don't feel right, but they'll get you where you want to be ultimately. Yes. I love that. And I want to share a little story if I can. Um, yeah, absolutely. That came forward. So I was working with a, a coach of mine. This was earlier on in the pandemic. So maybe uh, summer of 2020. Um, <clears throat> maybe fall of 2020. So yeah, anyways, I had, I had been um, navigating the pandemic, I thought, quite well. Um, you know, counseling uh, my clients online, keeping it together. And then it kind of just fell apart a little bit, uh, not a little bit, a lot, but I realized my nervous system was just really um, jacked up. So I was feeling quite anxious. And I remember my coach saying um, that she had uh, a snow day and how she was able to just relax and sit inside and read a book. And she had almost finished a book that day. And it was the most uh, uh, foreign concept to me because I had been going through this. I need to get up. I need to cook. I need to do X, Y, or Z. It was almost like pushing against the pandemic, right? I need to kind of like hyper respond and um, be supportive of my family and my clients. And I had lost the ability to really sit still mm. and, and ground myself in stillness. And so she said that and it was like, blew my mind what do you mean you sat for a couple hours and read a book? So even though in the past I had the ability to sit and read a book, I had lost it through the kind of like this anxiety or whatever, you know, trauma response of the pandemic of resisting, pushing against, against it or like uh, hyper proving my point that I could survive it. And so, but I planted a seed in me of like, yes, this is something I want to do. I want to be able to sit down and enjoy a book. And I will tell you, I have worked towards that goal. It took me almost a year. Now, this is uh, working with my own anxiety, working with my own kind of nervous system response to the pandemic. And now curling up with a book is one of my favorite things to do. And so mm. it's something so simple, so simple. But I also can't tell you the amount of clients that come in that are dealing with anxiety, maybe dealing with depression, their mind wanders a lot. And they come in and they say, I can't read. I can't read because my mind can't track the book, right? I can't sit still and read the book. Okay, this is you, Teresa. <laughs> I'm waiting. A listener. But yet for me, it was like, that's something I want. And so I've worked towards it. Something simple. And now I, I really enjoy a book. And so um, I, how did I do it for the listener? I practiced. I practiced mm. sitting and reading. So the first time I sat with a book, it was really anxiety inducing. I'm sitting still, my mind's wandering. What else could I do? There's something else. I should be doing something else, blah, 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 blah. Right. But I worked towards it. And so maybe it took months or a year, um, but I trained myself with habit, with practice. Now, at the same time, I was also 
working to settle my nervous system, right? So I was working with other tools, but it was like this end goal of like, gosh, darn it all. I want to be able to sit down and crawl up with a book. And here I am mm. two years later. I love the word practice, right? Because that's how we create new habits. That's how we create new uh, reactions is by practicing, by putting ourselves in an environment, in an activity and practicing. You practiced. That's something that's important to you. I don't know why it's not important to me. Should it be important to me? I don't do should, so we're not going to go there. <laughs> but um, but I know how to get myself to absorb information. So that's what was important. That's important to me from reading. You, it's re relaxing. Again, that's okay. But the permission to practice, the permission and the instruction to practice, to to make a new habit, to make something stick. It's something that you have to do on repeat, just like you had to pick up that glass of wine time after time after time to create that habit in relationship to five o'clock or going to dinner or having friends over. That is a practice that you it's a practice. And repeat it. And even if we're talking about the wine, let's jump in there for a second. Last night, right? It gets, I'm in Wisconsin, so it's getting dark about 4.30. Um, it's getting cold and I'm driving home from work. I'm like, oh, I just want to settle in. I want that heavy comfort blanket of a glass of wine. I really want that. Um, and so I kind of wrestled with that. Am I going to, you know, whatever. I can have a drink. I can't, whatever. Um, and then I got home and and it was like, okay, well, this else can I do that's going to be comforting or soothing right now? What else? This can't be the only thing. And it's not as if I had a glass of wine. It wouldn't have been a big deal, right? Mm -hmm. But it's something I'm practicing um, substituting. And so what else can I do? What else can I do to get comfortable and cozy? So I got in my pajamas, lay down on the couch, snuggled with the dogs a little bit, you know, have a cup of tea, just practicing slowing down and grounding um, is is important. And being present for the whole thing instead of just taking a few drinks and then you just kind of disconnect, yeah. which it does. Alcohol does its job. I'm never going to say it doesn't. It's an absolutely quick fix. It takes you from zero to just like yes. that. But if you're wanting to really be present and 100% engaged with life and clear-minded and right. having intention in life and purpose and meaning, then it, it would be good to not always take the shortcut and let yeah. alcohol do the heavy lifting of enjoyment. Yeah. And, and to turn the topic a little bit too, in my experience, or I guess what's helpful for me is to make learning is to make being a student fun and playful. Mm -hmm. So for me, if being a student is serious, I, I'm not gravitated toward it. So when something comes my way and it seems like it'd be fun, I want to do more of it. I think that's important. It's a, But I, it's, it's not even that it, the activity itself has to be fun, but you can have a childlike wonder spirit about engaging change, right? You can, I wonder what this will tell me. I wonder who I will be through this. That I remember that was a constant thought when I first stopped drinking. And I kept thinking, who am I going to be? I've never been this person before. I've never had this wisdom and this access to myself without 
relying on alcohol for my fun and for my emotional, uh, um, my emotional support. So who, who will I be and who can I become through this and what will I learn? And I remember being so excited about that. I love that. And the importance of trying new things, trying new and they don't have things. to be big that's the, the they don't have to be scaling a tree like you have done they don't have to be walking <laughs> in 40 degree below zero weather okay, to lake. i might like some of the dramatic extreme stuff for me that's fun and i that's like jumping fun. in lake michigan when it's but there are also little things hell. you do right you go to the thrift store and you go looking for toilet covers the which is really I, weird i do but i love it and so but what I'm saying, just for the listener, I just want you to know that trying something new can give you insight of a new part of you, and it doesn't have to be a big thing. It could re- be reading a different genre of book than you Different genre of book. It do. could be go to the hairdresser and get a new haircut, try a new haircut. Well, that's extreme. <laughs> Is that extreme? For me, that's not extreme. It's not I'm extreme saying, for me either, oh, yeah. but some people love their mane. Oh, no. No, I mean, really, it's, I think it's playing with playing with that, right? Just playing with that. Try a new shade of lipstick. Try getting a new outfit and wearing it out. Do something different that's not you and learn from it. That, that you don't identify something that, that gravitates. I mean, don't just go and get a mohawk because that would be extreme. Well, why not? Why not just go and get a mohawk? <laughs> but maybe you could bleach out your ends and add vi- bright pink to them. I don't know. Something that do whatever you want to do. That's the point. Is well, whatever you want. I would say sometimes, you know, what, and this is coming more from my professional work because I'll have you know, people come in and often it's, you know, middle-aged women saying, I don't know what I want. I don't mm-hmm. know what I want. I just know I'm stuck. I know I'm, I know I'm not feeling good. And so this is where, um, you know, we'll kind of pull out some tools is play. Well, what is playing? Practice playing. Well, what does that mean? Go to the hairdresser and just try something new. You don't have to know ahead of time if you're going to like it. There's okay, no full guarantee. Disclosure. Mm-hmm. Full disclosure. Melissa's on her way to the hairdressers when we're That's done right. here. That's why it's really top of extreme, mind. <laughs> though I will. I know, right? I probably won't. Um, but I like to practice in other ways. Being, but yes, I mean, and so I'll often encourage people of like, you don't have to know ahead of time if you're going to like it. Try this art class. Try a new lipstick. There's no guarantee you will like it, but at least you're practicing. Because I think that comes back to that wanting to control the outcome. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if I'm going to like it, so I'm not going to try it. Fuck that. That right. is not part of the experience. The experience is opening up and expanding and trying something new. You may like it, you may not, but it's not the point. The point is, is you are, you're growing. And, and often we have, to tr- we have to sort through what we don't want. Okay, well, I tried that new shade of lipstick. It's not my, okay, well, now maybe that guides us towards something else. Right. We're taking information. We're learning. We're growing. We're being a student. Very nice topic today. A student, of course. Great conversation. Yeah. Well, and I would just want to share a couple of things with the listener of um, different ideas. Okay. Okay. Art. Art is huge because when we tune into the lens of creativity, 
we're tuning out of that thinking mind, right? The doing mind, the right, wrong, that analytical mind, anything that feels artistic, the habitual mind, the habitual mind. And I've had people say to me, this was actually in a sober community. I said, let's go do something artistic. And, and I had a couple of people respond. I couldn't do that because I'm not good at art. <laughs> and that's when I left to that group. <laughs> um, it, you don't have to be good. This isn't about being good. This is about creating, exploring, expressing, feeling, right? So anything artistic, pick up some pens, pick up some paints, Sing in the shower is a form of being creative. How about you, Teresa? What comes to mind when being creative? Being creative is, uh, it goes, uh, writing is creative for me. Finding Huge. a way to put words together and use words that aren't commonly used, like autonomy, right? Um, I love I love to write and put in string sentences together and see what comes up. Um, I love putting words that shouldn't be there. I love pushing against anything that's normal. And that's <laughs> my creative expression in this world. I love clothes. I love putting clothes together that don't match. I had a kimono with a jack-o'-lantern t-shirt and camouflage pants with high heels <laughs> that I wore. I okay, we need up. to post some of this for the listener. By the way, uh, my husband always makes fun of my fashion sense because I will put together all sorts of uh, crazy outfits, but it reminds me of a, a photo he sent me recently. And I had to look at it and I said, who is this person? And it was me wearing all <laughs> sorts of crazy stuff. So I, I'm sending it to Teresa and maybe we'll even post it to make fun of ourselves. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I loved it. I, I went running around town like that and I did not, give two Fs. Love it. So <laughs> to, for creativity to me is any time when you press yourself out of your normal, right? If whether it's thinking, whether it's it's visual, whether no matter what, creativity is when you're thinking differently about something. And I, that's a, that's an art that I've practiced and I've been intentional about. And to be creative, um, we can harness our feelings so we don't have to wait until we're feeling good to be creative. A lot of creative juices and beauty can come from channeling difficult feelings too. Excellent. Yeah. All right. I think we are about wrapping it up. So um, for our listeners, please share any tools, insights, experiences you have um, in being a student in your journey of continually learning. And please share in sober nonsense with your community. Share it with people that aren't necessarily struggling with alcohol or drugs or addiction of any type. Sober is really the spirit of a clear mind, open heart, and having intention in life, being playful, being curious. Um, and then next week, we will be talking about aging out of alcoholism. And I will be talking about a book uh, Outgrowing Addiction by Stanton Peel and Zach Rhodes, um, and how my personal experience actually aligns with that. And find us on Facebook and Instagram. Ask awesome. us a question. We'd be happy to address any questions or any any feedback that you might offer us. So until Yay. then. All right. Bye, everybody. Have a beautiful day. Bye. Take care.